because it's when we get stuck in the fear, it's no longer helpful for us. I want to find the common thread between what you're doing so that we can stack your success based on past patterns. What are you doing in an area of your life where you're finding that success? Great. How do we apply that to what you're doing now? And so what happens is we're, we surround ourselves with people who have different behavioral styles who give us advice um, and direction, but they're not giving it to us based on who we are. They're giving it to us based on who they are. Again, once we're clear on what we want, the confidence comes up and the noise starts to disappear a little bit. Don't give so much meaning to individual activities that they become your identity. You are bigger and better than that. Get as specific as possible because it's in that specificity that you can then search for what you want and make progress. Hey guys, and welcome back to the I Love Success podcast. I'm super excited to have you here again. If this is the first time you're joining us, thank you so much. I, I'm just excited for you because you're taking your life seriously enough to check out a podcast with the subject of success. I think uh, success is, is such a... Uh, strong word and I think we all look at it differently. What I aim to do is to redefine the concept of success and I do that by inviting just incredible guests to share what they have learned through their journey. I've had guests that's been Olympians, um, world champions, UFC champions, authors, New York Times bestsellers, 9-11 survivors, coaches, athletes, I mean, you name it. And uh, I think we can learn from everyone. And uh, my, my job is to facilitate that, to ask the right questions and uh, share that with you. So thanks again for being here. If you like what we do, if you enjoy the show, uh, just know that I have a really, really big mission. I want to help at least 10 million people to go after their dreams. And I certainly can't do that myself. So if you enjoy the show, share it with somebody, uh, subscribe on YouTube and iTunes, give us a review so more people can find us. And without further ado, I am super excited for today's guest because we are going to talk about crushing limiting beliefs and living with abundance and have an amazing human being and executive coach here. And we were just discussing her beautiful last name before starting this show. So I'm going to give it a shot and welcome Laura Tronze to the I Love Success podcast. Peter, that was so perfect. <laughs> and I am excited to be here. Thank you so much. And so excited to be sharing in with your listeners. Um, this is a, a great morning. Awesome. So l let's talk about uh, the first thing. How, how did you get into this, this space? Uh, because there's usually a story of pain. Uh, so <laughs> maybe you can share that with us or maybe it was just pure pleasure. Well, so I am happy to announce that there was no pain involved. Um, awesome. It was really just more about self-discovery, right? And um, and overcoming some of my own limiting beliefs. And so I started off in real estate and I was working with a franchise that used an assessment 
that helped guide people to the part of real estate that best suit them. And what I found is as I was on the leadership council, the broker was talking about how agents would set these big goals for themselves and then not achieve it. And I said, like, give me their assessment. Let me look at it. And I'm looking at their assessment. I said, well, if their greatest fear is rejection, they're not going to go for no, regardless of how much you teach that. Even if they do try it on, it's not going to be something that they can maintain because it's not natural for them. And so people started coming to me with their assessments and they're like, hey, can you like, can you take a look at this? And so I kind of helped people build businesses based on who they were. And then um, it just so happened we moved. They didn't have our franchise in the town that I moved to. And I joined another company and um, they didn't use an assessment. And I said, hey, listen, I'd love to use this assessment with your team. I'd love for you to pay for it. Um, it's something we could do as team building. And he was like, ah, no, that's not something we do here. Um, and you're probably not going to get my agents to do it. And I was like, hmm, okay. Well, I love a challenge. Well, by the time I left, 90% of the office had taken it. What had happened for me, though, that was most impactful is they were starting to say to me, like, hey, listen, could you use this with my husband? He's searching for a new job. Or can you use this with my son or daughter? Like, they're having some trouble in school. And it dawned on me this was so much bigger than helping agents. Um, I still work with real estate agents. I love them. But this could go beyond that. And so um, I decided at that point in time I was going I wanted to be a coach full-time. I was still practicing real estate while I was helping other realtors build their business. And um, so if I was going to be a coach, I needed a coach and I wanted to be coached by the best. So I uh, got a coach with the Tony Robbins organization. Uh, while I was with him, I transitioned out of real estate and went into coaching full-time. And then he said to me, you know, have you ever thought about being a Robbins coach? And at that time I was still new to the company. So I was like, no, no, I'm doing it on my own. Um, the more I found out about the organization, the more in alignment I felt with their coaching and teaching. And so I did join the Tony Robbins crew um, for two years. And then after that, I decided I really wanted to pick and choose my own clients. And so although I say I no longer work for them, I am forever one of their clients. Um, I went on my own and have just been honored and blessed to be a part of so many people's journey. And the gift about my business is it's all built word of mouth. And so people say, hey, listen, you should talk to Laura or someone will be having a challenge. You're like, oh, you know who you should go to? You should talk to Laura. And I mean, there's no greater honor than building a business that way. No, that's beautiful. And um, let's just talk about, like, let's dig right into it. Like the fear, fear of rejection and fear of failure. I think that's something that we all felt at some point. First off, can you just talk about why do you think most people have that and how do we, how do we win against that fear? Uh, I love this question. This is so good. So, you know, when I'm working with people, I'm, I, fear is false evidence appearing real, right? It is the exaggeration of what could go bad. And so when I'm working with people, I'm saying, hey, listen, if it's your imagination creating the worst possible scenario, the great thing is your imagination can also create the opposite. So I never discourage people. I want people to go where they need to go naturally. So if you're natural inclination is to look at the worst case, that's fantastic. 
just don't stay there. Let's also look at your imagination and what could be the best case scenario in this situation. And let's play that out a little bit. And then let's look at something that's in the middle, something that you feel actually could happen. Because usually if people are stuck in their fear, they don't believe that you know something great could happen. So then let's play with something that's in the middle and really getting people comfortable with the range of emotions and what all of the, the range of opportunities, because it's when we get get stuck in the fear, it's no longer helpful for us. Yeah. And how does confidence come into play? Uh, because what, what, I, what I've learned, like when I, when I'm new at something, usually my confidence is very low and uh, also my fear is very high. Uh, and especially coming from somebody like me, I, I used to be a world medalist. So I, Sometimes people believe that I should be good at everything. <laughs> and sometimes I believe that myself. And <laughs> that kind of makes my fear even bigger uh, because I, I need to be good at, you know, in the beginning and, and it kind of messes with me. And, and that's just part of my story. But I know that everybody has their own little story. So uh, can you just talk about confidence and what is that? And how do, how do we build that in something that we've never done before? Oh, such a great question. So the first thing that I want us to look at, you said something that really triggered for me is often that fear where we're a little nonchalant, right? We're a little lazy with our language. So what I heard you say was really it was ego, right? Ego that I should be good at something and I might not be. Um, and so we mix up our emotions and we use fear to encompass more than what it does. Now, listen, people go ego. Oh, that's bad. No, there's nothing wrong with ego. We all have ego at some level, right? So ego is a beautiful gift and often can be the thing that pushes us past our comfort level. So, so we love ego. Ego serves a really important purpose. But when we use fear in place of, I might embarrass myself, I might not be good at this, it really is chunking it down. Like, how do you really feel, right? So I want to get, I want to get underneath a little bit. So then let's come back to the idea of confidence. The thing about confidence in starting something new is I'm always having clients look at patterns, right? We want to build confidence based on past patterns. So what are you good at? Let's look at a place where you've had great success. What were the characteristics? What were the patterns that we can borrow from that success and apply it to what you're doing now? There, I think that we can easily as humans kind of put things in these boxes like, oh, if I'm good at this, then you know that's what I'm good at. And if I try something new, it's completely new. I want to find the common thread between what you're doing so that we can stack your success based on past patterns. Yeah. And what if you never had, like there, there's people out there that they want more and they feel that there's something more in life for them, but they, they don't feel that they ever have had that success. And I, I see that all the time. I, my father is my sensei in karate and I've been around and coached a lot of kids and some kids are like super confident. They're just do their thing. And then you have the opposite, like where there's no 
there's no feeling of that you can do it. And, and I think that's, that's where we come in. We, we reach out our hand and kind of push them up. But people that are listening to this right now that don't have the resources or uh, the courage to ask somebody, but they're listening and watching this and, and we want to create a shift in them today. Like what, what can they do? Well, so what more, I mean, Everyone has experienced at least some small sense of success at one point. Oftentimes when we say we don't have success, it's because we're comparing it to what we think success should be or what other people are achieving. But when we, I, I have never, I've worked with thousands of people. I have never coached anyone who hasn't had some success in their life. I mean, it can be something small and we're still looking at the areas of that success and how to build on that. But you mentioned kids and kids have a special place in my heart. And I'm just really blessed and honored when I get to coach and work with children. Um, and so, you know, I often use my poor kids. I feel like they're like my peach tree dish. Like I've tried everything on them. Um, and so my son, my son had a speech issue and, um, they said, you know, when he starts to read, this could be an issue. And he would get so frustrated with reading and he would throw his book to the side and he would cry. And he said, you know, like all the other kids can read and I can't read. I said, well, wait a second. The kid loved to build with Legos. So I took his Legos and I wrote letters on his Legos. And so when he got frustrated, I said, go build me a word that starts with TH. Go build me a word that starts with E. Go build me a word. So he started to associate something he loved with something he hated because he thought he wasn't good at it. So I went in for um, his meeting with his teacher and he was like, wow, you know, Mitchell's reading is really improved. And I said, well, actually it's because we've been practicing more at home. And he's like, really? I said, yeah, I started to use these, um, I started to draw on his Legos and he's like, Oh, Laura, you know, like they sell those, they actually have letters on these blocks. I'm like, well, the Legos are working great. Uh, so it's not like this ingenious idea I've come up with. They actually sell them. Um, but, but it was taking something he loved my daughter, you know, she was she, it, math and science are not natural for her. These were areas where she had trouble, but what she loved to do was teach. She had a chalkboard down in her basement. So I said, build me a PowerPoint. Do you know, in sixth, seventh and eighth grade, I knew more math than any adult should because the way she learned was through teaching. So she taught me and I sat there and I will tell you, there were times it was painful. Um, I sat there and listened to PowerPoints about math because that was how she learned. So I do the same thing with adults, right? Like, what are you doing in an area of your life where you're finding that success? Great. How do we apply that to what you're doing now? Yeah, I love that. And I think I was just speaking of Tony Robbins. I was just the past week, I was attending an event with him and Dean Graziosi. And oh, yeah. And I learned so much. And uh, I think one, one thing that, that Tony said that, I, that kind of I really resonated with was when you look at people that are, you know, better, better than you or they're doing something that you're, you admire. It's not that they're better than you, they're doing something different. And, and, and that's, that's kind of, I think what you're saying as well here is like, you can learn in different ways. We just have to find the way that works for you and your path. 
Exactly. And that's why I use assessments, right? Because I feel like if you're not using an assessment, you're guessing. And I don't have to guess. Every single one of my clients, even my children, um, have taken the assessment. Because when I'm working with you, I want to know the way that's natural for you. So let's say, let's go back to the sales example I gave, right? I'll have clients who are in sales who will come to me and they're more internal. They're not, you know, go for no, external. And yet they see other people who are and they want to be like that. I said, well, wait a second. You don't have to be like that to be successful. And so let's find your way. And as soon as I talk to them, I mean, oftentimes these are the people who are really great at connection and building relationships. Let's build a business based on relationship building. I mean, this is a great way. Besides the fact that it costs so much less to re retain a client than it does to bring on a new client, let's do what's natural for you. And we build your business based on that. So I, I absolutely, it's finding your way and that helps build confidence as well. Yeah. But the, the hardest thing is how do you cut through the noise? Because I know when I, when I want to do something new, I start looking at all these people that are ahead of me and they're, they're doing all these things and uh, I might try them. And then I realize, no, that's not who I am. And then I feel like a failure. Uh, how do you find your own, your own path and your own voice, which can make you really successful? Because if we look at all the best in any given field, they are rule breakers, basically. They're not doing the same as everybody else. Um, well, so there's, there's two pieces here. First, how do you cut through the noise? Well, remember, I'm going to come at this with my bias. I help people cut through the noise through by using an assessment, right? This assessment tells you how you show up naturally. This isn't about strengths and weaknesses. This is about what's natural and what's less natural. So oftentimes when people can't sustain an activity, it's because it's not natural for them. And to your point, then they beat themselves up. Well, in this, I get to look at my clients and say, hey, listen, you can try that on, don't be upset if it doesn't work. It's just not something that's natural for you. And I've literally said that to a lot of clients because in this world where everything's at our fingertips, technology gives us access to so much information. We want to be able to do it all and do it well. And you just can't. The other part of it is making sure that you're crystal clear on um, the result you want. Often we get so caught up in the different things and ways to do it. We're, we lose focus of like, well, really, what is our end result? It doesn't matter how you get there, as long as you get there, focus on getting there. So again, I use the assessment to help cut through some of that noise that you're, that you're talking about. Yeah. And the idea of failing is, again, I feel like we're, we do so much comparison and social media helps with that, right? There's so much out there instead of really just sitting in our own truth and what, what fills us up and what fills you up, Peter, isn't going to be the same thing that fills me up. That's okay. Guess what? Your way is not wrong. My way is not right. My way is not wrong. Your way is not right. They're just different. And so what happens is we're, we surround ourselves with people who have different behavioral styles who give us advice um, and direction, but they're not giving it to us based on who we are. They're giving it to us based on who they are. Yeah. And so it really, again, my own biases, I use, I use these assessments to cut through a lot of the clutter. Yeah. So, I mean, for somebody that is listening right now and they hear assessment, assessment, what, what can they do 
themselves today to to understand themselves a little bit more? Well, so so listen, there's a million assessments out there. I will tell you, I use the DISC assessment. It's D-I-S-C. Um, there are, again, a lot of free ones out there. But I warn people, if you take an assessment and you go through it yourself without someone to help ask you questions to pull out what it means, you may not find as much meaning in it. Or you may find inappropriate meaning. Like people will say, oh, I don't like that about myself. What do you mean you don't like that about yourself? That's beautiful when you see it as a gift. And then once I start talking to people and I, and I ask them questions, they're like, oh, I like that about myself. I go, well, that's interesting. When you read it this way, two minutes ago, you didn't like that. But here, this way, you do like it. So I always say with a grain of salt, like take, take any assessment you take online with a grain of salt, unless you're debriefing it with a professional who can help you understand how to use the information. You can read it. You'll understand that but how do you use it afterward yeah and as far as uh, limiting beliefs do you have a process for breaking those down that you can share with us so you know um it's interesting because I feel like it's um, sort of a cop-out answer because because I, I, I coach based on people's behavioral style it is going to be different for everyone um, I think what holds most people back, yes, there are some limiting beliefs, but I think it's even more a lack of clarity about what they want. And so when we get crystal clear on what we want, those limiting beliefs start to break away on their own. When we aren't clear on what we want, that's when all the noise has a greater impact on us. And so I would say the most important thing is to get clear on what you want. And so because most people know with greater certainty what they don't want, start there. Make a list of all the things you don't want and then flip them. See what happens when you flip them and then ask yourself, what's important about that to me, right? Because I'm always going deeper. Let's go a little bit deeper. What's important about that thing once it's flipped to me to see if you can get greater clarity? Again, once we're clear on what we want, the confidence comes up and the noise starts to disappear a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I love that. The hard thing is like clarity is scary. Uh, and it feels like when when you when you're very clear on what you want, it feels like you're also saying, "But I don't want any of this." And I think I, that scares people so much. So can we just talk about that? Oh my gosh, you just yes, this is the, now we're getting to the juicy stuff, right? Yes, this is what happens: is we think by declaring what we want, we're saying no to everything else, and I'm gonna wipe that away right now. Getting clear on what you want helps other people know what to direct to you. When you try to be everything to everyone you're nothing to no one because you no one can distinguish you among everyone else. And so gaining clarity doesn't mean, and I'll use it in a business sense. And I tell you, I say this to every single client I work with, gaining clarity doesn't mean you say no to all of the other business. It means you target market this group. And here's what I'm going to tell you happens. Then you become known for or an expert in whatever it is that you do. And then people are calling you, even if they don't want what you do. Oh, Laura will know someone who can help you. Oh, you know, you know who you should call Laura. She, she I don't know if she does that exactly, but you know, she'll know somebody who can help you. So 
it, it's amazing how much more conversation happens when people know what to direct to you. I'll give you another quick example. I worked with um, a woman who was looking for a job and she, she wanted to change careers. She was in this toxic, toxic, toxic work environment. And so we do an ideal career list, all the characteristics in her ideal career. But every time she talked to a recruiter, she would try to fit any mold that the recruiter was calling about. Because the concept of getting a job is choose me, choose me. And I go, no, 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 no. I want to find a job that's the right match. We're choosing each other, which means I'm interviewing you as closely as you're interviewing me. So we came up with a statement for her to clearly define what she wanted in her career. The first recruiter she talked to was like, oh my, do you know I've never Never. The woman had been in recruiting for 12 years, spoken to anyone who was so clear about what they wanted ever. She goes, this job is not right for you, but I will know what is right the minute I come across it because of the information you just shared with me. And she got a job in three months. She changed careers in three months because she was so clear. It didn't reduce her options. It opened up opportunity because people knew what she was looking for. Yeah, I think I think that's that's what scares so many people, and it scares me as well. You know, because it feels like you're saying no, but I'm we're listening to all these experts and the whole everything you're saying. Tony and Dean were talking about the whole week. Like find <laughs> the dot, find the dot, and it's scary, right? And but you have to own one part of your business before expanding, and you have to own one part of your life before expanding. But I mean, I, I know this, I study success, but for me, it's super scary because I'm, I'm honing in and I'm, I'm about to go super ultra specific, but it scares the shit out of me. Okay. So Peter, let me ask you, are you willing to be coached right now? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. All right. So what specifically scares you about it? It scares that I'm going to miss out. Ah, miss out on what? Miss out on opportunities, clients, uh, business, life. Uh. So, so right now, what, um, what part of not having clarity is working for you? I mean, <laughs> that's, that's a great question. I mean, it's not. Uh, ah, but yet you're holding on to it. Yes, because I, I'm I'm afraid of missing out. Yeah. So and and no too, this idea of missing out is really common right now. But what and I, I I'm not gonna tell you, I'm just gonna ask you. Yeah. I want you to really look at specifically what are you missing out on? And not just hypothetical, right? So has there ever been a, a time in your life when you've been crystal clear? Yeah, it has. Yeah. What did you miss out on? I became a world medalist. Okay. So what did you miss out on when you were a world medalist? Nothing. So you have proof that when you get clarity, you don't miss out on something. Yeah. But right now, your fear is that you will miss out on something. Yes without any proof that that will happen. Yes. 
Okay. So let's go with the technique that we talked about before, because it sounds to me like this is another situation where it's false evidence appearing real, right? You don't have proof that it's happened in the past. You actually have the opposite. You became a world medalist. Um, but there is this fear. So worst case scenario, what specifically do you miss out on? So you gave me, you miss out on opportunities. You miss out on life. Like what opportunities are you missing out on? What parts of life are you missing out on? I think if, if I think this is mainly narrowing down my business focus and I think yeah. I will be missing out on, you know, potential clients impact that I want to do and serve serving others. Well, so what, what particular clients will you miss out on once you narrow down? My fear is that there are too few. Too few in your ideal segment. Yeah. Okay. So what is your ideal client? Um, Who is your ideal client? Somebody that wants to improve in life uh, that are mm -hmm. not where they want to be. And uh, that, that needs, that needs a roadmap to get there. Okay. So how is that different from what you're doing now? No, it's, it's what I'm doing now. It's just that I, I need to, I need to, pro, I need to niche down and mm -hmm. I know I need to do it, but it's so scary and I don't know why. Well, and so, so that's what we're kind of, we're trying to chip away at, right? Like you have this belief that you're holding on to and just know it's not wrong, right? Yeah. It, it's the way that you feel. So allowing that without judgment is so important. What we want to do is see what would happen the opposite way. So the fear is you'll, you'll miss out. What, what's the best possible scenario that could happen? That I gain total clarity and attract the people that are really supposed to be working with me. Mm -hmm. And when you think about your current, when you think about your current client yeah. and you think about the clients that are supposed to be working for you, what's the difference between the two? Um, I could probably serve them better. Mm -hmm. I know, I know them better. Mm -hmm. I understand them better. Mm-hmm. So if you can serve, know, and understand your clients better, yeah. if you niche down, yeah. what, what are your clients missing out on by you not doing that? Yeah, they, they can't find me. Mm -hmm. I would even suggest that the clients that are working with you aren't getting the best of you because you're trying to serve so many different people. Yeah. And what impact does that have on you? Yeah, I'm not living up to my potential, what I can do. Mm. So you seem like someone who will do more for others than you would do for yourself. I do a lot for myself too, but I, I like serving. <laughs> okay. Okay, good, good, good. That's healthy combination. Yeah. <laughs> That's a healthy combination. So, so when you think about your ability to serve, if no one can find you, how can you reach your goals with your current business plan, which is not to niche? I know yeah. your goal is to niche, but if you stay on your current path. Yeah, I'll, I'll be missing out for sure. Mm. And clients will be miss missing out for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so what are you afraid of? Uh, as I told you in the beginning, to miss out. 
Right. But it's, it's interesting because you use the word miss out, but there's something else there. It's not missing out because you just told me you wouldn't miss out. You just told me that you would actually serve your clients better. You would be in a better place. What, what, there's something else there. I think it is. And I think I explored it this week as well. I think it's probably what uh, I wrote this down. And Tony Robbins said is you're never going to know unless you put yourself on the line. So I'm, I'm I'm scared of putting myself on the line. That that's ah. that's what it is. Uh, What's the worst thing that could happen if you put yourself on the line? I fail. Mm-hmm. And what does that what does that mean to fail for you? Uh, I mean, I will learn and it will suck. But <laughs> go to the negative part of failing. Yeah. So yes, right. So logically, you'll learn. How does your ego feel about failing? I'm not going to like you. Yeah. yeah. Would it be a public fail? Do you think? Uh, no. I mean, okay. I think it would, I'm you, I think I would be the hardest on myself that I think that's because mm-hmm. I'm a person who pushed myself a lot and I, I love achieving what I set myself up for. So I think it would be mostly me. So what does failure look like yeah. in a new niche? Yeah. I mean, it looks like not getting the traction and the clients that you want, not having the impact that I'm looking for. What is specifically the traction, impact, and clients that you want? Let's start off with um, traction. How will you know if your traction is successful? I mean, my, my goal is to help at least 10 million people in 10 years. Okay. How many people per year do you help now? Uh, I have had, since I started this, I've had an impact of, I think, 500,000 people, something like that. Okay. How long, how long did it take for the 500,000? Four years. Okay. Okay. Um, In terms of impact, how do you define successful impact? Uh, That somebody are using the tools that I share to create a better life and get closer to what they want. How do you track if people are using your tools? Uh, I mean, feedback, uh, downloads, views, uh, what I put out, the content I put out. Okay. Um, And then in terms of clients, how would you define, how will you know when you have successfully reached your, your goal with your clients? If they have achieved what they want, or at least gotten closer to what they want, I would see that as success. How do you know when a client achieves what they want right now? Uh, they'll let me know. Do they? Some, yeah, not all. Yeah, not a whole lot. Because here's the interesting thing about this last one, and this is very common, is a lot of times we'll measure our own success by other people's response. It's also the tricky thing with social media, right, is that we're measuring our success on the response, which is the equivalent of waiting till the arrival. So what happens is we miss out on appreciating and enjoying the process because we're always waiting until, like when I get this certain number, when I achieve this, when my clients have the success. When our success is dependent on other people's response to us, we set ourselves up for failure in the beginning, 
right? Yeah. Because we have no control over how people will respond. And with access to all of these people through technology, more people get access to us. So there's a greater chance that there will be people who don't respond well, simply because they're not a match for you. That doesn't mean you're not successful. That doesn't mean you're not great at what you do. It's just not a match. So I would look at redefining your, your way of measuring success in each one of these areas. So it's only based on your process, right? So for instance, um, impact. I measure my impact by the amount of information I get out to people on a monthly basis, right? I'm making that up as an example. So that it's only based on on me. The other thing about basing success on just you is that it helps build momentum. And the cool thing about momentum is, and I will tell you this works 100% of the time, is the response doesn't come from where we think it will come from, right? And I'll use, I, I have a client right now who I've been working with for six years and uh, she's like ultra successful, but she never, she would never have a database. She just didn't do it traditionally. So whatever, I help her build a business based on her way. So she just this past year started a database during COVID um, and has been doing these mailings. And what's great is because we've been working together for so long, her success isn't based on how many people respond to this mailing. Her success is based on how often she gets out there and her interactions with people. She's killing it right now. I mean, she is absolutely killing it because success is based on her momentum. It isn't dependent on those those responses from external factors. And so she keeps doing it and she's having a good time and she's enjoying the process. It makes a world of difference. Yeah. No, I I agree with you. I think that's why... I always try to stay out of the results and just focus on the process. And for everybody listening now, this was great. By the way, it was not scripted. It was not planned. <laughs> not at all. Scary. I put myself out there and Laura is amazing at what she does. So thank you first off, <laughs> Laura. And I hope everybody listening and seeing this, that they might look at me and, and somebody else that, that is a world medalist, written books, have a podcast, helping a lot of people, but still need to grow we all need to grow and improve and in our moments if if we if we think we know it all it's hard to move forward uh, and that's what what i'm trying to do and even on a on a bigger level right now so uh, be brave out there and 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 go go to that next level even though it's scary this i mean this is live on facebook now probably my mom is probably watching you know like what is she doing and <laughs> And, but it, this is important. And I think uh, by, by showing this and by, by doing this, I hope we give you, you permission to, to do this in your own life because that, that's what we're about. Uh, so, so thank you, Laura. I want to move forward to talking about abundance now, mm-hmm. which is also something that, I mean, it sounds great, but how do we believe in abundance? How do we put that in our body and truly believe in it? 
This is such a great question. And I, I do have to go back for one minute, Peter, and say thank you. I mean, you are a very special person to go through that with me live. And what your audience, please be like, show the love and gratitude for this. Because what Peter says, it was totally unscripted. It really was. And I'm sitting here taking notes as we're talking. Um, so just a beautiful gift you've given your audience because you are not alone. I mean, this is the majority of the people that I'm working with who are in business themselves are going through what you're going through. So just thank you. And again, what a blessed audience you have that you're willing to do that. So uh, kudos, kudos. You're awesome. (laughs) That was fun. I'm a little bit sweaty, but it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) So am I, to be honest. Um, So, so, so going back to um, your, your question here about, um, what and re- repeat the question just so that I'm crystal clear. So abundance, like a lot of people think like abundance. Everybody's talking about abundance, but I don't really believe in abundance. Like what? What yeah. is that? It just sounds like somebody from Venice smoking weed and eating and drinking <laughs> carrot juice and believing in abundance, uh, but live with five roommates, which is not a bad thing. But <laughs> you know, can well. <laughs> So, so such a great point. So, so when we look at abundance, you know, I, I, I probably have a different perspective than a lot of people. I really see it as resourcefulness, right? They are equal to me. So abundance is having gratitude for where you are, because the idea of starting from lack means you're always trying to catch up. So when I talk about practicing gratitude, I literally write every morning 10 things that I'm grateful for today. And then at dinner, my family, we go around the table and everyone says three things that they're grateful for. I just think it's so important to find gratitude in the everyday. Um, And so that's the first place to start with abundance. The next place is to to look at... um, all the all the little things around you and what can you do with what's there, right? So again, I mentioned this idea of being resourceful. Abundance is about always finding what's there instead of what's not there, right? When you come from lack, it's so easy to see what's missing. I go, okay, great. You can see it. How does that serve you? I'm not saying it's not true. It's totally true. But your brain has two jobs to answer your questions and prove you right. And so if you're constantly focused on lack, that is literally how your brain will filter and you will see more of that. So what I'm saying is, listen, acknowledge what you feel is true. And then when it's not serving you anymore, you have to move past it. And that's when you can start to be resourceful. What can I do with what's here? What can I do next? Who can I call? Those are the types of things to just look outside of yourself and your current challenges to make progress. The other thing is a lot of people want to go from where they are to like a million dollar winner or, you know, this huge thing. You can have a great, big, juicy goal, but you've got to chunk it down into small, manageable spots or parts, or it can feel so far away that you lose momentum to get there. And so making sure that you're chunking it down and finding your successes each and every week. When I'm coaching clients, the first thing we do when we get on a call is we talk about your successes between sessions because we so easily stack the crappy things that happen. And then we discount all the great stuff. Oh, well, that doesn't count. 
hell yeah, it counts. That counts. It all counts. Like the good stuff has to count even more than the bad stuff so that we can maintain the energy and momentum to get to where we want to go. Yeah, I like that. And I think it's 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 many years in, in the making. Like it depends where you where you come from. Maybe you're lucky to come from a family who are talking about this and supporting you or an environment. But but what if you're not? I think it's you're right. You you just have to find those small little wins, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, to your point, it is easier when you come from a family that's like that. But you know, I'll say for me. And um, my, my, because of COVID, like my husband's working downstairs, so I probably shouldn't say this too loud, but my, my husband comes from um, a really beautiful traditional family where, you know, you live in your same house for your whole life and um, you work your job and you get your pension. I mean, it is a beautiful life. And then he meets me and I'm like, let's buy investment properties. Let's go travel here. Let's go do this. And he's like, what, 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 wait, what, what? So, so he didn't come from an abundance mindset. I mean, when we were first married, I remember I bought curtains for our living room and I bought them at Walmart and they were like $8. And he was like, those aren't a necessity. You don't need curtains in this room. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Um, and so it is not impossible to shift when you come from that that lack mindset. I mean, he literally squirreled away every single cent. Like, I've got to save. I got to. You could die tomorrow, and we haven't even lived our life. Um, but but I can see now. We've been together twenty years. He is so much more abundant. But I've given him proof that it works, right? So I'm constantly reminding him of all of the abundance and the, gra- the the beauty in our life. And now at dinner, it's ironic. He's the one who always starts gratitude at dinner. He's like, okay, let's do gratitude. And he's the one who starts it. Um, so it is making sure that you find success and gratitude where you are, regardless of where that is. Yeah because it's from that that you can build on and find that abundance. And it is possible to find, and I used him as example, because he's in a totally different place now than when we first got married. Yeah, and I think it takes time. What, I, what I've noticed, and I, I've been practicing this for a very long time, I think it's probably like 10 years or so now, uh, or maybe even more, but I, I didn't have what I'm seeing now in my life, all the beauty I didn't have 10, 15 years ago. So I think it's all those small action steps that I, that I have taken. So it's it's not just woo-woo that you it's out that you have to do the work and you have to be giving and and might you have to lose out sometimes. And, and I think the hardest part, and I, I want to address those people that have have faith. They might be a relationship or a business or or going after a dream and they failed. And now they don't believe in abundance because it hurt them. Uh, what, what, what do you want to say to them and how can they get started on coming back into the, the beauty, beauty of life again? Well, so such a great point because you're right. I mean, stuff happens. And here's the thing nothing has any meaning until we give it meaning. So you have to own the meaning that you're giving that circumstance, right? I mean, the world just went through a pandemic where we were all told to stay home, to not see loved ones. I mean, like a lot happened over the past year and everyone is going to give it whatever meaning they choose. 
but it's knowing that in that meaning, you can create a trajectory. You can create a different process, a, a different journey for life. So if you take something like the pandemic, you can have people who, who remember your brain has two jobs to answer your questions and prove you right. So if you believe it was the worst year ever, it was so awful. We're never going to come back. It's never going to be the same. Your brain goes, okay, let me show you how it's never going to be the same. Let me show you how you're never going to come back. Let me show you that. If instead you say, listen, I own the challenges of last year. And yet I can see the gift of, for me, having my family home more, for me, hiking more. There were so many gifts that came out of this horrible situation last year, but I forced myself to look for them. The mind is like any other muscle and you're a world champion. So you know this better than anyone, right? It needs to be built and it gets built over time. We think because we have the ability to think it's going to happen like this. It doesn't happen like this. To your point, it happens over time by building that muscle so that our brain starts to filter and see things differently. We literally will start to see things differently. I see abundance and people think I'm lucky. I'm not lucky. I just look for the things that I want. I look for, like I mentioned before we start, I have a vision board. I make, we had, we did a family vision board five years ago. We had 27 items on that vision board. We've done 22 of the 27. Wow. And, and we aren't going, oh, what are we doing next on our vision board? It's not even that intentional. The vision board is up. Everyone has one in their space. And we've slowly, I mean, there were things like we wanted to go to a World Series. Well, my husband's a Mets fan. If you know anything about baseball, you know the chances of going to a World Series as a Mets fan are very, very small. Well, a few years ago, they make it to the World Series. And listen to this. He says, um, I'm not going to the game. I go, what? No, no, no. It's on the vision board. We have to go to the game. And he's like, the tickets are so expensive. I, I don't care. I will buy you tickets. You have to go to this game. It's on the vision board. You, you don't know if you're ever going to get back there again. And obviously they haven't gotten back there again. <laughs> and I will say this too. The game we went to was the only game the Mets won in that series. And oh, it was wow. amazing. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah. But, but so, so, I mean, it, it's like when you start to filter on what you want, it goes back to that clarity. Even when you talk about your business and your niche, when you get that clarity, you start to see more of it and that builds a momentum and creates abundance. I mean, it's really, it sounds so counterintuitive and yet I'm telling you it works. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. And I, I just want to share, you know, you might have gone all in on something and you you failed that's okay, but you're not a failure. I mean, you're already worthy. And I, I think that's that's the biggest concern. I know in the beginning as an athlete, if I didn't win a competition, I was a failure. I wasn't failing and I, I could correct it. Me as a person was a failure. And the more I learned in my life is that, no, I just did the, the wrong things at the wrong time. And I know about a year before becoming a world medalist, I, I didn't even medal on the national championships. And I lost to my best friend. I felt humiliated and like all those things. But I realized at that point, I need, I, no, I didn't realize at that point, but a year later, I, I realized that I needed that in order to go back to the drawing board, to to do it better, to do it right. And to to learn 
So whatever you are in your life right now, first off, I just want to say you're not a failure. You might have done the wrong things. And that's why we're here. That's why we have so many resources. Uh, Just go back to the drawing board and there's lots of help. So I love what you just said, because what happens is we take an action that's negative and then we make it our identity. You're better than that one action. You are not the sum of that one action. That is not your identity to your point. It is that one action. So, and this is where language becomes so important, right? I am are the two most powerful words in the dictionary because it literally triggers your brain and your brain goes, oh, wait, what am I? What am I? Be careful about the words you use after I am because it is such a strong trigger for the brain. So I failed at this activity is so different than I am a failure. And, you know, back to something I said a few minutes ago, nothing has any meaning until we give it meaning. Don't give so much meaning to individual activities that they become your identity. You are bigger and better than that. Love that. Uh, One final question, and then I'll let you go, Laura, uh, so you can have lunch. Uh, (laughs) Getting hungry about this conversation. I'm going to make a really good breakfast. I did such a hard workout this morning, and I I didn't want to do certain things. And I think having great role models in your life uh, there's an assault bike. Uh, I don't know if you guys know what it is, but it, it it's it's the worst thing ever. And I, and I, I, <laughs> I started telling myself, like, I don't have to do it today. I, we usually end the session. I don't have to do it today. And then I said, like, then I just listened to my role models and what I heard Tony Robbins said this week, week and like, and what Jim Rohn taught him, if you feel like you don't if you're scared of doing it, then you must do it. And I was like, I got to do this. And now I feel great. It wasn't fun. It, it's the worst thing ever, but it <laughs> it's just like, we need to listen to the advice you get. So I hope everybody here right now are taking some action. Just, just don't, it's an enjoyable conversation, hopefully, but at the end of the day, that's not why we're doing this. We want to create some type of change in your life and we want you to get better. Uh, so the last and final question is, what's the first action step people that are still here, still around that can, can take in order to get closer to their dream? You know, um, I, 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 I'm going to repeat something that I've said throughout our time together today is I think that first step is getting crystal clear on what you want, right? Um, because there are so many different ways to get there. But once you're clear on what you want, your brain starts to find those opportunities, starts to see those resources. When there's too much, too many options, we go in overload and we shut down and we tend not to do anything. So the first step to getting closer to your dream is get really clear and get very, very specific. So I'm breaking it down to what are the characteristics of your dream? your ideal career, your ideal client, like get as specific as possible because it's in that specificity that you can then search for what you want and make progress. Love that. And you write that down or like, what do you do? You start, that's how you start. 
Yeah, I, I'm. I write everything down. There's a power in putting it down on paper and having it. Um, and so I start off, and I create an I am statement because I am are the two most powerful words. So I jump ahead, and I, I actually do this every week. I have an I am statement that is, what is the journey I want for this week? I am feeling great, talking to amazing people, gaining one plus or more clients, gaining one plus speaking opportunity this week right? There's my I am statement. And then I have my resource list. What are all the different ways that I could achieve that goal? And it's not a to-do list. There's a big difference between a resource list and a to-do list. A to-do list is you go in order and you check them off or you do the easy ones first. A resource list is I list all the ways it's possible to achieve that. And then I start with the ones that I think will get me there the fastest. So I'm picking those first. I'm doing those. And then if I achieve my result and I don't have to do all 20 things I have on my list, fantastic. If I haven't reached my result, I continue down the list because there are more resources there that I can play with and I can try on. I like it. And I mean, if it scares you, then you must do it. <laughs> if it's scary, I love that. Unless, you, it unless scary, you're jumping you out of building, <laughs> then don't do it. <laughs> well, unless you have a parachute yeah. on, right? There's a way to do that too. There's a way to do we that want too. want everybody to be safe. We love you guys. Uh, Thank you, Laura, so much for your time. I really appreciate this moment in time that we can put a timestamp of your thoughts, your ideas. And I'm just happy that we have met. I hope to meet you in person. Uh, for people, I would love that. Yeah, let's do it. Hopefully soon. And for people that want to connect with you, work with you, learn more about you, uh, where, where can they find you? So the best place to go right now is purposeful hyphen life.co. When I looked at 2021, I decided what really, wh where do I want to go? And it's this idea of sharing a purposeful life. And so on the website, you'll see that I have like a little equation um, that talks about creating your, your ideal experience, communicating that to others, and then being consistent about incorporating that into your life. And then there's a little survey where you can find out if you're living a purposeful life and get some coaching tips. So that's the best place to reach me right now. There's also access to my social media and some things that I have upcoming, like a new course, all that sort of fun stuff. So purposeful-life.co is the best place to reach me. Awesome. Thank you, Laura. And thank you, everybody that are still here with us. We know it's a big ask to give an hour of your time in today's day and age where most of us are just scrolling, scrolling on Instagram and <laughs> looking at things in two or three seconds. But I think going deeper is is truly meaningful. And I've, I've started doing that with, with everybody I meet. I, I really try to take time and, and go deeper. It, it's so much more fun. And you also learn more about other people and yourself. If you enjoy this conversation, as I told you before, I'm trying to help a lot of people. I need your help with that. And just share this with somebody that needs to hear this message. Give us a review. Let us know what your favorite part of this conversation was. And uh, uh, I, I put myself out there for you without even planning it. So thank you, Laura, again. Uh, check us out at ilovesuccess.co. And uh, that's it for this week. And uh, I'll see you guys soon. Thank you. <laughs>